Hey everyone, welcome to Thriving Marriage with Mark and Bethany. This is our weekly discussion of marriage and family in the Christian life. We're talking today about how to fix your marriage problems. Uh, This is going to be something that you deal with, uh, marriage problems, whether they're big problems or whether they're little problems. You put two uh, human beings in the same home in a a one flesh relationship, uh, partnering together for life. And there's inevitably going to be points of tension, um, disagreement, frustration, miscommunication, bad communication, mm-hmm. and these things are going to amount to problems. So big problems, small problems, problems that last for a long time or problems that are relatively shorter. We want to talk about how do you fix these problems from a from a Christian's perspective? What What's the solution? Yeah. And, you know, there's probably maybe a lot of things that come into your mind, but we want to look what the Bible says about when you do enter a problem with another person, what are some of the things that would be helpful in moving forward so that the problem doesn't get worse? Because often if we try to fix it, I don't know, in unbiblical ways or in some of the, even the world's suggestions of how you fix your problems, they're not great suggestions at times and they actually compound the problem. Yeah. Now we got problems on top of problems. That's, and, and that's there's a big layers, problem. And that's a big problem. Yeah. 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 And often people wait until the problem gets big enough right. to do something about it. Yes. And so you wait, you wait, you wait. And then it's like, okay, now, now we're in crisis mode. Now we're mm-hmm. in an emergency mode. Now we have to do something about it. So you act. So maybe you're there and, you know, the, the principles that we address in this podcast can certainly help you in the situation. However, you're in a better position if you're not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you're, you identify, oh, this, there's tension mounting. There's a, there's an unresolved issue right. in our relationship. It, it hasn't created a blow up, but it's, it's a problem. Yep. I think it's a problem. Right. And if you think it's a problem. <laughs> Your then spouse probably does, oh, or or yeah, but it, even if they don't. If they don't, it it is a problem. Yes. Because one of the two people senses a problem, and so right. it's there. So you've got to deal with it. So here are some principles just to work through mm-hmm. that you as a, as a Christian could and should work through between you and your spouse. Yeah. Uh, number one is to recognize that you are, are the problem. Wow. Or you, or, or. <laughs> Let's just come out with a bang. You're the problem. I like it. Yeah. I mean, so if it's like communication problems, you're having problems communicating with each other. It's really not communication problems as much as it is people problems. Mm-hmm. Namely, you and the person that you're communicating with. Right. You have a problem in the way you communicate with your spouse and in the way they communicate with you. So let's stop making it one step removed from us mm-hmm. and own it and yes. say, I have a problem. We have a problem. And now we're in a better position to deal with it because we're not blaming it on, you know, our communication style or, right. you know, words. Right. It's no, it's, it's us. It's my heart. It's your heart. Yeah. Yeah, I would dare say that one of the problems with trying to solve problems is that we skip this step. Yeah. We don't think I am part of the problem. We're because I think it takes a lot of humility. I know when I've been irked at you, ooh, irked's such a great word. Yeah, well done. You know, it, it's like I can think of and list and replay your part 
of the situation. And I am very generous to my side of the situation and what I've done. I'm Mm -hmm. very, uh, I just give myself a lot of grace. Mm -hmm. But when I really truly think, or if it's pointed out, you know, about whether God in his word points it out as I study it or as I pray about it or whether you point it out, there, I've got, I've got a piece of this. I've got a big piece of this. There's something that went awry in my heart. There was sin that entered. There was a, you know, there was a tone. There was the words. There was the whatever it might be. And so I think if we don't skip this, we're going to be better set up for solving and moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. So you take the principle that Jesus gives us to get the log out of your own eye right. before you point out the problem of someone else. Yes. So we're just trying to say do that. Don't skip that. I mean, that that's, that's a big issue if you just skip mm-hmm. over your part in the problem and start immediately pointing fingers. Now, this is a, a secondary problem in, in your whatever problem you're going through. So first step is to point yeah. the finger at yourself and accuse yourself and figure out what you've done to contribute to the problem and own that and then do business with the Lord. And yeah. so once you've figured out what you've done to... Uh, be a part of the the bad communication and what's wrong in your heart. Right. Um, confess that to the Lord and seek forgiveness with the Lord. So all of this is just the the first step in yep. the right direction. And if you don't take this step in the right direction, then mm-hmm. whatever steps you take are not the right direction. There's some other direction. Okay. Right. Yeah, and it's such a great point and a good reminder that we can go to God and ask for forgiveness, and He grants us that forgiveness, as it says. When his, when his followers, when his believers, when his children come to him, acknowledge their sin, and we go to him and confess it, it's, it's dealt with. It's done. And so that, that's so freeing and encouraging as well, that when we recognize there's a part of us that's, you know, messed up, we can seek that forgiveness and get that forgiveness. And we're probably in a much better position to grant forgiveness when we've just recognized that we have asked it of God and received it from him. We're in a better position, but that's the second step. And that's a lot harder is after you've done business with God, right? you need to go and do business with your spouse. So if you confess something to the Lord and that thing has also had an effect on your spouse, confess that to them and ask them to forgive you. And I know that none of these first two steps are really what people want to hear when it comes to fixing their marriage <laughs> no, problems. No. But the second step it is to own your fault yeah. to your spouse and ask them to forgive you. Um, and then in that conversation, that mm-hmm. transaction of forgiveness, you need to make sure you grant it when they ask yeah. as well. So these are just fundamental steps in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I know from experience that, you know, sometimes the words are in your mind and it's like they're catching in your mouth, you know, will you forgive me for this thing? I know I've been in that place where I'm just kind of fighting my own. uh, I don't want to, I don't want to have to humble myself and acknowledge my sin to you, Mark, but how much better it is when I just tell you what's going on. I don't have to pretend I'm perfect or I've handled everything perfect. We're two sinners in this marriage and you know, when I can say to you, please forgive me for this thing. I see it. It's a problem. I don't want to do it again. Let's move forward. Uh, it just paves the way for that problem to be s- solved more smoothly. Yeah. Then you're in a position to move forward. Mm-hmm. So how do you move forward? 
right? What does it look like now? There's been a transaction of forgiveness. So in a sense, mm-hmm. the, the problem is kind of wiped clean, right? <laughs> but you still have some cleanup work to do moving forward in terms of your new, new patterns of communication and new um, actions toward each other. And that's where the big biblical principle of preferring the other person comes into play. So let that principle guide your next steps, right? How can I prefer my spouse in this area moving forward? Because our problems and when we end up clashing with each other or having bad communication or there's, you know, bitterness mm-hmm. uh, in the in the relationship, it's stemming from your heart and your insistence to get your way typically, right? And so if you can begin preferring the other person, that is going to uh, take strides in the right direction toward improvement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- this one sounds tough too, though, I, I, and I think we're give, I think we're laying out something that is hard, right? That's something to acknowledge that as soon as we work through a problem, maybe I feel or don't feel, just being someone who has high, high feelings, <laughs> <laughs> that I want to prefer you or not. You know, I'm still gonna probably battle wanting to get my way, but as a Christian, it's such a great uh, reminder that we are called to lay down our lives. And we're called to sacrifice our preferences. We're called to serve one another. And so in this marriage, it's like I look at you and I, I want to lay down my life. I want to put your decisions, ideas, things above my own. But that does take quite a bit of uh, prayer sometimes and quite a bit of effort to deny what you might want and say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this as a faithful follower of the Lord. Yep. So James chapter four, verse one says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you, you desire and do not have, so you murder, you covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. And it goes on, you do not have because you do not ask, but pointing out the source of the problem there, it's in your heart. You need to confess that to the Lord and then to not repeat the problem, yes. you need to begin doing what Philippians 2 says to prefer the other person, right. put their interests above your own, uh, sacrifice yourself for them. So again, this is fundamental, basic Christian you know, living principles, but right. hugely uh, difficult yes. right, to, to live yes. out. So, um, and again, I, I think we're not really telling people what they want to hear <laughs> when it comes to fixing their marriage no, problems, no, I can't imagine which is, <laughs> which is kind of why we wanted to record on this topic. Yeah. There isn't some other way to fix your problems. There isn't an easier way. There isn't a simpler way. It's like this, this is it. And yeah. the reason people have problems that last for so long and get so ugly is because they just won't do these first few steps and they look for something else. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They you know, sweep it under the rug, blame the other person, ignore the problem. I, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. And drags on and on and on. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So there's a couple more principles to talk about because so prefer the other person. Okay. This is kind of high level, big picture. Right. It's a, it's a principle. We're not giving yeah. you specific steps to take, but in the same vein, uh, 
you've got to work now to rebuild strength in that particular area over time. Uh, if there's bad communication, mm-hmm. you own that, you seek forgiveness, right. you begin to prefer the other person, right. you've got to have successful, good communications the next day and the day after that and the day after that moving forward right. uh, to rebuild that area, not just with words and seek, you know, seeking forgiveness. That's good. But you've got to rebuild that area with action and with steps that you take. Yeah. And this may mean, you know, it shifts around a little bit of your time, your schedule. Maybe you have to carve out a little bit more time to have some good conversations where your eyes are locked, focused. Maybe you re- you um, carve out some time for a date time, you know, to have some great com- communication. It just means that there's something done moving forward where you say, okay, we've had bad discussions. We've had a bad agreement and communication. Now we need to have some good positive discussions and yep. I need to stop. I need mm-hmm. to be aware of the thing that I contributed to the problem last time. If it was that I have outbursts of anger or I'm impatient or I don't listen well, whatever you were convicted of, then you entering that time of rebuilding, you know, coming in with something willing, willing to change and aware of it saying, God, help me not to have that same bad pattern enter. Totally. So this is going to require that you resolve to Mm -hmm. see some kind of personal growth Yes. Some kind of growth in your individual personal relationship with God as a believer, right? You you need to grow to become a better communicator with your spouse, to vent your sin less often to them, right? Yeah. Um, so this becomes like a, a project where you seek to grow and make progress in one particular area of your life, which happens to, you know, be shared with your spouse. And so... Um, I just, you know, when was the last time you made a plan and you memorized a verse mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. read a book mm-hmm. and you, you took concrete steps yes. towards seeing personal growth and spiritual, you know, improvement in this, in an area. And it's really encouraging when you do work at it. I can think back through our years of marriage, things that have come to light in the way I communicate, in the way I get, you know, am easily offended or whatever it might be. And when I have purposed by depending on the Holy Spirit, but also working at, okay, I see that's a problem. I see that's caused problems in our marriage. And now I want to grow. I don't want to keep repeating this problem five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road. And to be able to say now, some of these things that have been impressed upon my heart, and I've made that plan, had that accountability, memorized scripture, journaled about it, whatever all the steps might be, to look back and say, whoa, that is a habit, a bad habit that I had, or a sinful response that I had, or a sinful just action. Nobody, I didn't have to respond to anything. I just did it myself. That has now grown and has changed, and I've redirected the way I and in this conversation with my spouse, I've redirected to a more positive and a less harmful issue. So we've kind of gotten past that in a lot of ways. Um, not that perfectly, but I've seen growth. And that is so encouraging when we put that effort in and we say, we're, you know, we're not content to just continuously repeat this pattern in our relationship over and over again. God, help me to work at it. I want to be different in a month and a year and in five years. I want to see that you've grown me in this. Yeah. And so then you are like the the bone that's broken, right? That heals back stronger in that area, whatever. Like this 
area of your marriage relationship that mm-hmm. was a problem, that was broken, there was yeah. something that was in need of repair, it gets repaired. Yeah. And then you work to grow in that area and you come out the other side of that process better for it, stronger because of it. Right. And um, having learned how to solve that problem. Yeah. And we need to like repeat that process over and over and over again in (laughs) all the different areas of our life uh, so that uh, we can see growth and progress across the board, not just with communication, but in other places too. Yeah. Just not one and done. This will come back again and again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what what we're in for right. with the Christian life um, yeah. until you're like Jesus, right? Right. We're going to be still <laughs> working at it and moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll chat with you later. All right. See ya.